Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. to the source on Otago Access Radio. During this 10-week series, we will be exploring what processes go into making the city run and what you need to know to be an active citizen. Each week, we will be covering a different aspect of civic education, from the different departments in council to how to get your voice heard in local government. Tune in to Otago Access Radio on Fridays at 5pm. This series will also be replayed 12pm Sundays and 6 on Monday evenings. Podcasts are also available from www.oar.org. .nz. The source was brought to you by Dunedin Youth Council. Hi everyone, my name is Alana and I'm from the Dunedin Youth Council and with me is... I'm Kelly and I am David Clark's Youth MP for the Dunedin North electorate. And today we're going to... we're having a bit of a political pizza party. <laughs> yeah. And so essentially this podcast is going to be taking you through the different political and voting systems in our country and around the world Mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll help you understand it a bit by relating it to pizza because who can't relate to pizza i can because in the end all democracy is is sharing a pizza sharing a pizza that's right so we're going to be talking about the new zealand voting system which will be talking about first past the post to mmp and then a little bit about voting systems around in different countries like Britain and Nigeria, Nigeria, and maybe a little bit on America, we'll see. <laughs> we'll also be talking about women and the voting system and how Kate Shebert is an awesome woman and why it's important to vote, why people don't vote, and maybe we'll chuck some random facts in there in the mix just to spice it up a bit oh and if you're lucky we might also have a interview with david clark so we'll get this started going to talk about the New Zealand voting system and how voting works in New Zealand. And because I don't know much about it, Kelly's going to help me out. <laughs> so currently we have an MMP system, which is a multi... Mixed member mixed, proportional. Mixed member proportional party or system. And so what that means is whenever you go to vote, you'll get two votes. The first one is for your electorate. So that's where you live. Maybe it's Dunedin North or Dunedin South. And you get to pick a person who you want to represent you. So if you were in Dunedin North, you'd get to pick between David Clark or Michael Woodhouse or any of the other parties. So you get to pick that. And then you also get a second vote. So that's for a party in generals. Um, So that could be like the National Party, the Labor Party, the ACT Party. And so your two votes don't have to correlate and they don't have to be the same. And so basically what happens is 
um, whichever MP wins each electorate, they get a seat in parliament. And then after they look at all of that, they take all of the votes from the party and they divide parliament to make sure that there is a proportional amount of seats per party per the amount of votes that they got. So if you... There are 120 seats in Parliament, and if a party gets 30% of the party votes, they will get roughly around 36 MPs in Parliament. And so if that party wins 20 electric seats, they will have 16 list MPs in, in addition to its 20 electorate MPs. Now... I like to put, as I said, we're going to try and put some pizza analogy mixes into it. So for the party vote, I like to think of it as your party is your favorite topping. And the winning topping will be the majority of the pizza, but other toppings and so other parties will be still present on the pizza in relation to their popularity and the percentage of the party votes they won. And so the electric votes is where you get to vote for your favorite MP and that's like what type of topping you put on it so you know your party party vote might be like the cheese topping and you don't mind what sort of cheese is on the pizza but you know that other people are going to vote for capsicums and you don't like that sort of topping as much but if there's going to be capsicums on the pizza you're going to have a say on what sort of capsicum you want on that pizza so red yellow or green which is the MPs in that party and so you you might vote red as that's your preferable type of capsicum and hopefully your area will choose and enough people will vote for the red pepper to be sprinkled on the pizza. So that is the system that we have right now, but we haven't always had that system. Now have we, Alana? No, we used to have a system called FPP. And when did we change to the from FPP to MMP? That was in 1993 when we decided that it wasn't the right system for our country because it didn't give people the right pizza toppings. And so we decided to practically copy the German system. But what is FPP, Alana? So basically, FPP system was where the parties rotated between it was um, between two, and so you could it was essentially a Hawaiian pizza or a pepperoni pizza and the smaller less popular pizzas didn't really get a shot at it and so people got sick and tired of this and they wanted more variety with what pizzas they could choose and hence why we have MMP and also did you know that with the MMP system we have a Maori Maori vote is that what it's called Kelly? Uh, The Maori role so if you are Maori you get to choose instead of being in your electorate and being on the normal role, you can vote in that electorate. Or you can be put on the Maori role, and instead of voting in that electorate, you get to vote for Maori candidates for a Maori seat in parliament. So that means that instead of your MP in your area representing your area's views, you get represented as your Maori community, and you get represented for your specific Maori issues. And that's very interesting. So before we move on, we're going to have some interesting facts. Woo! The first one being that Cleopatra was born closer to the moon landings than she was to the pyramids being built. No way! That's incredible! 
Also, if you put all of the humans in the world on a scale, we would weigh just about as much as all of the ants in the world on a scale. I just can't get my head around this all. (laughs) And did you know that apparently sharks have been around around longer than trees, although I'm not sure how that works. (laughs) Okay, so... Now we're going to move on to talking about voting systems in different countries, because although we love you, New Zealand, international voting systems are a lot more interesting. (laughs) So where are we going to start, Alana? I'm not sure. Should we start with a little bit about the British voting system? Yeah, let's go there. Good old England. With their first past the post. (laughs) First past the post voting system. The FPP system. It was essentially the same as what we talked about in relation to New Zealand. Yeah, they're a bit behind the times. A bit behind the times. They need to catch up. Also, interesting fact. Did you know, well, it's not really a fact, but did you know that you can be a republic and a democracy? You can. You can. And that America is a democracy even though they're a republic. Yeah, because what is the definition of a republic, Alana? You tell me, Kelly. <laughs> it's when you don't have a monarch. So it's just whenever you don't have to report to a queen. And so that means... Slash that, king. Yeah. And so that means that the country only com- cares about what the people want and what the people want on their pizza. Whereas here in New Zealand, we have the governor general, who is basically like the queen's little person that comes and looks after New Zealand and if they want they can dissolve parliament or veto bills which is a little bit controversial especially when the people might want those bills however they haven't done this like ever so so we're all right yeah (laughs) just keep going as we go in New Zealand (laughs) do you want to tell me a little bit about the American voting system so America is an interesting place because the way that it works is it has an FPP system. So it's similar to Britain in that sense when you're looking at the way that it elects its Congress and the way that it elects the president. So let's look at the presidential voting race because that's all the rage now with Donald Trump. Donald Trump, good old Donald Trump. So they essentially have two parties, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, and they go through these things called primaries and caucuses, and they take all of those votes in a very complicated and roundabout way to elect the nominee. Which we're not going to worry about because... (laughs) That's just going to take way too long to explain. And then after they elect that nominee, those two nominees, which is going to be Donald Trump and either Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton, battle it out to be president of the United States. But it's not really the votes that determine it. It's the Electoral College. And it's very complicated. And I recommend Googling it. Because, you know, the... American voting system really isn't pizza. It's just a whole bowl of nuts. Yes. <laughs> so before Kelly talks about Nigeria, I'm just going to give you some pizza analogy definitions about dictatorship and then communism. So I like to think of dictatorship as one person chooses the pizza, the whole pizza, and all the toppings. So they choose the whole government. They are the government. And this never changes. And usually it's a gross pizza too. So we can look at that in the example of North Korea, the dictatorship that everyone knows, and that Kim Jong-un technically does have elections, although he is the only one on the ballot. <laughs> and for, as for communism, say you were to buy a pizza... And you, it was a pizza you really loved, and it was for yourself. 
except you find out that this pizza really isn't yours and you have to share it with everyone. And then you realise that nothing really is yours because it belongs the, to the community. That's also the definition of communism <laughs> in pizza terms. <laughs> so, Kelly, what, what about the Nigerian voting system? So Nigeria is an interesting system because it just shows how important it is to change your voting system based on the people that you have. Because in the end, it's probably not about what voting system that you have, but it's about getting the one that best suits your community so that everyone gets the pizza that they want. So Nigeria is interesting because the way the history of Nigeria is that they were a military dictatorship and that military dictatorship turned over to be a democracy. But they had an interesting problem. You see, the north of Nigeria is very different from the south of Nigeria. But like north and south Korea? Or not quite? Not, not quite. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> so you can think of it as most of the north wants pepperoni pizza and most of the south wants Hawaiian pizza because the south is mainly rich and Christian and the north is mainly poor and Muslim. I may have mixed that up, but that's the general idea. General ideas are good. So the way that they had to go about doing this is in order to win an election in Nigeria, you have to win the majority and you also have to get a certain amount of states in both north and south so that the president that you get pleases everyone, not just half of the country. Goodness. Yeah. And so recently in Nigeria, they had their first test of a real democracy, which is when a president has to give up power for the first time. And good luck, Jonathan, did do this. But the person that the people voted in happened to be the old leader of the military dictatorship. So look at that as you will. The things you learn. <laughs> so we're going to now... Oh, do we have another fact before we move on to influential people and the voting systems? Oh, yeah, I do have a fun fact. My fun fact is that Albert Einstein, he gave his last words in German to a nurse. However, unfortunately, the nurse didn't speak German, and so now his last words are lost forever. Now moving on to women in the voting system and other influential people. So I'm sure you would have all heard of Kate Shepard. Um, she was the one, or young, reasonably young woman in New Zealand who was very influential as she, well, was the leader of... The women's suffrage. Yeah, and so they got women's voting rights in New Zealand. And that was the first country in the world to give women the right to vote. So good on New Zealand. And you have to look at Kate Shepard as such a role model, especially for young people like us, because when she started her campaign, and it went on for a very long time, but when she started, she was just a teenager. And what's so cool about Kate Shepard is that she never gave up and she submitted a petition that had over 20,000 supporters for the women's right to vote except that that bill failed however it was only a year later that with 30,000 signatures they won the right to vote and not only was Kate Shepard involved with getting the women's rights to vote she was also involved in campaigns to do with contraceptions, the right to divorce, guardianship of children, and also the abolishment of corsets. Oh, good old Kate Shepard. I'm so glad we don't have to wear corsets now. <laughs> I'm also glad we can vote. Yeah, that's also very good. Because if you want to think it in pizza terms, women got sick of having pizza that they didn't like shoved down their throats, and they wanted a say on what toppings their pizza would have. Did you know that um, Hong Kong also had a young person who was influential and, I guess, 
highlighting wrongs that were happening in the voting system. Yeah, so that was in 2014. There were the umbrella protests in Hong Kong and Joshua Wong was only 19 when he started this because he decided that it was unfair for when Hong Kong got to vote, the people that they got to pick from were chosen by the Chinese government. So it would be the Chinese government telling you, you can choose between ham and pepperoni, but you don't have any other options. Yeah, they might have wanted pineapple. <laughs> so they were just really about getting a genuine universal suffrage, which is about getting the rights to vote and to run for parliament so that they had people running for parliament that they actually wanted. And although things didn't really change, he, you know, he was he's an amazing guy and actually highlighted and got people to think about what was not going so right and what maybe they could change. And he had a huge stand. They had Occupy movements all throughout Hong Kong and had thousands of students um, like standing in the squares and they actually got to negotiate with the Chinese government after all of that. is so cool. And why? And did you also know that they used, they had umbrellas out to protect themselves from the pepper spray that the police were spraying at them. I just found that out. It's pretty, pretty sensible if you think about it. Yeah. So at the moment we have David Clark in the studio with us. Thanks for coming along. And we're just going to ask him a couple of, well, a few questions about voting. So to kick it off, why do you think it's important to vote? Well, thanks for having me here first off. Um, I think it's important to vote because uh, that is the opportunity for people to have their say on uh, how our society should be and different political parties put forward a different vision of society. We have a system where you don't vote on every single issue. You vote or you vote in some people you think will make good decisions and then you get the chance only once every three years to say whether you think they're making good decisions or bad decisions. So given that chance only comes around one year and three, people should make the most of it. And so then why do you think the younger age bracket should be voting? Well, on average a younger person has to face the consequences of political decision-making for far longer than anyone else. And so, you know, logic dictates that they're the people with the biggest vested interest in the outcomes of any democratic process. It's also true that the big issues facing society, inequality and climate change, are going to affect young people more than existing generations. So inequalities are growing. Um and also there's inequality between generations in terms of where wealth is distributed in society. Um, climate change uh, will happen during my ty- lifetime. It is happening, but it's going to be uh, a more extreme effect by the end of the lifetime of those people who are in school now. So both of the main generation, both sorry, both both of the main issues that are currently um, have political consequences affect young people more than anyone else. And so do you think, is it true that um, young people can also swing who, like the votes and as to who becomes the government? Yeah, young people, absolutely. If every young person voted, um, they would decide the government. There's no doubt about it. Um, young people's voter particip- participation rate is on average lower than the general populace. And... The number of people voting uh, that make a 
make the difference between one side getting in or the other is um, actually not very many people would be surprised at what a small percentage of the population voting one way or the other, uh, what difference that would make in the final outcome of an election. So if all the young people got together across the country and decided that they were going to 100% vote, they would certainly decide the government. And so I guess another question is, would would um, the different political parties maybe focus more of their, I'm not sure what you call it, goals around students if more students voted to? Of course. Um, there's an element of, of truth in that. Um, people will – I mean, generally political parties, I think, put forward a platform of change that they that fits with their ideology, their view of the world. Uh, but the more young people vote, the more of that political platform that will be focused on the issues young people are thinking about. So, for example, we know that young people are actually concerned about climate change and inequalities and those are issues they'll vote on. Now, um, some political parties fit quite naturally and are concerned about those issues, yeah. others less so. And those parties that are less interested may become more interested if they think there are more votes in them. And so there are some reasons about why young people should vote. And also I'd like to ask you now about why you think it, why you think it's important to have a fair political system. Well, a political system should always be fair. I mean, to, to generate fair outcomes for society. Uh, I think when a political system's fair, people feel a sense of ownership over the final decision making. They are more willing to participate in society, put their best into society. If a system's unfair, if it look like if it looks like the outcomes of a political system are unfair, people choose to cheat the system. You know, if, if it looks like. Um, only the wealthy are benefiting from the political system. Um, people who are a bit hard up will try and um, avoid paying tax through doing cash jobs with a tradie or whatever. Yeah. If if um, it looks like all the, the the poor people are getting all the benefits, um, wealthy people will try and avoid paying tax. You know there there are, there are people trying to get around the system anywhere in the world. More so when the system seems unfair, people uh, if they don't think the system is fair, try and avoid participating fully and you get worse outcomes for a society. Yes, I guess lots of people have a concern that their vote is, isn't going to mean something and so essentially um, and they want to know how their vote can mean something but practically it's just by voting that you're making a meaningful difference. Yep. The beautiful thing about democracy um, is that every single vote is worth the same amount. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't matter if you're a billionaire who's um, in the newspaper every day or you are a school student or you are a rubbish collector or you are a rugby league player or you are whatever you are. Yeah. Your vote counts yeah. exactly the same if you turn up. If you don't turn up, it doesn't count. And that's, that's, um, that's simply how it works. Cool. And so... One last question. What do you think of the MMP system compared to first-past-the-post? Um, I think generically that voting systems, um, wherever and however they work out, if they're democratic, lead to similar outcomes. Now, um, I, I like the MMP. I think yeah. it's brought in a greater diversity, but only at the margins. And in the, in the under first-past-the-post, you had a greater variety within parties. Um, of people standing for election. And so you had really different people with really different views of the world standing within the same party. 
and now you tend to have people with a much more similar worldview standing for each party. So um, either way, you get a diversity of views in the parliament. But I think what the data would show you, a, a decent analysis would say that you actually have got a more representative group in parliament as a result of MMP. And that seems to be what it's generated. You've got more women in parliament, you've got more Māori in parliament and so on. And I think MMP has contributed to that. Ah. That's great. Well, <laughs> would you Excellent. have anything else you'd like to say? Um, I just want to say this is an awesome project and uh, good on you guys for um, asking these questions because um, these questions really matter. And the shape of our society tomorrow is dependent entirely on people engaging, um, finding out what matters in the voting system, how you vote, um, and you know, encouraging people to find out more. Ultimately, yeah. political parties publish a great deal of information about what they stand for, but um, it's not always the case that people take the time to find out yeah. uh, and, and make an informed vote. Often they just look at who has the smiliest face on an ad, <laughs> and, that, and that doesn't always lead to the best outcomes for society. Cool. Good well, on you guys. Good on you guys. Thank you so much thank for you your so time. Much. I have another interesting fact for you. Did you know that ants don't actually have enough mass to die on impact no matter what height they fall from? And another one. Do you know that it took us 7,000 years of sheep farming to think to use the wool? I mean, seriously, that's ridiculous. (laughs) We might be ahead with women's rights to vote, but I'm pretty sure sheep have been around longer than women's rights to vote. (laughs) So now we're going to talk about why people don't vote and... So, Kelly, what's your opinion on why people don't vote? Well, I think that there are a lot of reasons why people maybe think that it's not worthwhile. Um, For instance, a lot of young people don't vote because they generally just don't see the point in it and are quite apathetic. And as you listen to David Clark talk, that's obviously not true. And also there's a large correlation between people who live in low socioeconomic poor areas and they don't tend to vote generally because they feel quite distanced and disenfranchised from the government because they feel like they're not connected to them in any way, which is really unfortunate because people, especially in those areas, need to have a say in the government to improve their situation. Because if you don't have a say, the government's not really going to be... Able to give you what you want. So... That's why it's important to vote. Thanks for um, listening to this podcast. Um, We hope you enjoyed our political pizza party. And And our fun facts. facts And enjoyed listening to the New Zealand system and how we changed from first past the post to MMP. Talking about different voting systems in other countries and about interesting random facts about North Korea and their one candidate voting system. (laughs) Also about how women and young people can actually have influences on how you vote. The I, We hope you enjoyed listening to David Clark and his interview because that was really interesting. Don't forget to, in, to tune in to next time's podcast, which is... Council Services and Departments with the Joe and Josh. So thanks and goodbye. You have been listening to The Source on Otago Access Radio. Tune in every Friday at 5pm for the next topic of discussion. This series will also be replayed at 12pm Sundays and 6 on Monday evenings. The Source will also be podcast from www.oar.org. 
youth.org.nz. Thank you to the Dunedin Youth Council for making this series possible. Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.